Hello and welcome to the next episode of What is Global Health, a student-run podcast series by the Journal of Global Health at Columbia University. In this series, we interview experts in the field to learn more about topics ranging from COVID-19 to menstrual health and hygiene. We aim to factor all elements of identity, race, gender, sexuality, religion, and more into these discussions of global health. My name is Monica Minmadkar. I'm currently a sophomore majoring in computational biology. I've got to speak with Dr. Mary Beth Terry about data science and its usage in public health. Let's get started. Thank you so much, Monica. And um, please feel free to call me Mary Beth. I'm a professor of epidemiology and environmental science um, in the School of Public Health, as you say. Um, and I am super excited to be here with you and um, talk about data science and um, specifically our mission of uh, increasing diversity in the data science uh, workspace. So um, that was one of the reasons we um, put together this proposal um, that has been funded through the Data Science Institute for the last two years. Definitely. So I guess my first question to you would be, before we kind of delve into the data science aspect of it, is um, you got your PhD from Columbia University, you got your bachelor's from George Washington and your master's from a University of Washington. Could you tell me a little bit about like how throughout your education and getting your um, master's and PhD, did you develop your interest within like public health? Sure. Um, I actually, I got involved in public health um, through um, probably a nonlinear pathway, uh, which is um, true for a lot of people in public health. So my background uh, prior to um, going into epidemiology specifically was in econometrics and economics. So I was doing similar modeling that I do now, but specifically um, using data sets like from the Department of Labor, or we did some work on cost effectiveness of different healthcare plans. Um, and it was really the work in the latter that I was doing a long time ago. So um, way before you were born in the early 1990s, I was working, um, doing a lot of cost effectiveness of different kinds of medical plans. Um, and uh, while I was doing that, I got exposed to epidemiology by reading some of the um, articles I needed to do to do those research projects. And I really like the field. Um, and so I got involved in uh, working on different epidemiological projects and then decided I wanted to get my PhD in that. That's super, super great. I mean, you went from like international affairs and economics into like epidemiology, and now you're working on the intersection between uh, data science and epidemiology and like public health, which I think is super, super interesting and really a great way. I mean, it also goes to show that like you can always get involved in this vast field of global health and public health, um, even if like I guess your bachelor's or even if your master's is not like directly related towards the major and there's there are just so many ways to get involved. Um, so I guess my next question to you would be like, um, how do you think that data science has been making an impact in terms of like the public health sphere and and in other spheres as well in terms of like healthcare and medicine? That's a great question, Monica. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I guess perhaps it's important to think about what is data science, right? So data science is really a lot of different areas. Um, some people say you know it when you see it. Um, it includes kind of more of the traditional quantitative sciences, at least in public health and medicine, including obviously biostatistics and 
um, epidemiological kinds of analyses. Um, but the larger field of data science um, that's also relevant to um, medicine and public health has been um, the increasing use of um, you know, uh, artificial intelligence and AI-based uh, deep uh, learning methods specifically in developing clinical algorithms. And that um, probably was the um, main reason I really, when I was approached by my um, partner um, teaching this class, Dr. Greenleaf, who's a demographer, um, I was approached to do this with her. And that was one of the reasons I signed on because um, really the increased use of clinical algorithms in medicine and public health um, has really, um, you know, um, grown exponentially, so to speak, because um, really the electronic health record and lots of other kinds of data sources are readily available for large data um, analyses, um, more so than ever before. But the people really creating a lot of these algorithms, um, you know, for the most part until recently have been, um, you know, fairly um, homogeneous. And so I do really think that the best algorithms are really, um, uh, developed by um, very diverse groups of people that take in the lived experience, understand all the different kinds of macro and micro determinants of health. And so um, I really wanted to teach this class to get more people um, excited about data science and programming specifically. Definitely. I think there is def definitely like a lot of, I guess, even from my perspective, a lot more applications that I've seen of data science within medicine and within um, other aspects of other fields as well that I can see from my friends and um, my other peers. And I think um, something that we touch upon that you guys have touched upon in lectures, well, and I'd love to bring that topic into the podcast as well, is how there are certain issues with big data. And um, especially when it comes to healthcare and health related data that is more private and more secure. Um, what would you say are just some of the with all the benefits on one hand that big data and its analysis can offer the public health field, what are maybe some cons of um, these type of analyses? Sure, another great question. So um, I guess maybe let's start with the, the big vision of all of this is that you know data can lead to more accurate application of uh, population health. So more accurate applications of uh, programs that can be effective in the community for prevention, programs um, that can um, uh, really kind of address um, in a major way through data and through revealing um, uh, major health inequities. Um, that's the promise, right? From everything from precision medicine where people are not over-treated, but they're not under-treated, and that the data themselves can reveal uh, really where um, most of the focus needs to go. Now the con, as you say, can be very great as with anything, right? So again, the con can be if, um, you know, as we live in an algorithmic world more and more, and this is not true only for health and uh, medicine, but is true for all sorts of disciplines and fields is that those algorithms are developed and trained on the data that they have. And again, um, not understanding, um, maybe what goes into those um, algorithms, then um, you know, people can be given the false kind of, um, uh, may have the false belief that those are fair algorithms. And so that's why I think it's super important to have a really diverse group of people, you know, unpacking those algorithms, understanding what are the drivers of health um, and really understanding when they can be used for good and when 
they can be misused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think that's, that's a really important point and a really great point at that, especially pinpointing at the usage of data and how, when, and where it can be used. Um, could you talk maybe a little bit about kind of going back to your background and how you got into the field? Could you talk maybe a little bit about some of the research that you have conducted within like the intersection of data science and public health um, and how you have maybe advanced your knowledge or your or your breath in, in this intersectionality of these two fields? Sure. Um, maybe, um, again, just because I've been around a little while, um, I can tell you kind of the arc of how much things have changed for studying certain things. So right now, um, there's a huge potential to learn more and more about how environmental chemicals can influence our health. So in the past, the primary way to do this, at least for cancer, which is one of um, the areas that I uh, focus a lot in, um, really had been from these very large occupational cohorts. And so people who we know, you know, are exposed for many years based on their job titles. And those have revealed, you know, very important chemicals that, you know, can um, affect your risk of cancer, um, as well as other health outcomes. But, um, you know, the um, other part of this is for people who are not in these occupations, but are exposed to very common chemicals every single day, the air that we breathe, the water that we drink, the food that we eat, all of those kinds of sources are very hard in epidemiology to really, um, you know, to really accurately describe. So um, it's very hard to do by questionnaire. And so um, when I was studying for my PhD, one of the ways that was fairly new at the time was to look at um, measures of these kind of environmental exposures through blood or urine. And that's still being used, but now because of, you know, big data and data science, a lot of historical measurements of environmental exposure we can capture through linkage to these very large databases, um, for example, from the uh, Environmental Protection um, Agency or other kinds of large government data sources that just never existed before. So um, so data science can allow you to um, look at these kind of um, exposures in a way that you never were able to before in order to study whether or not they're um, affecting health. Definitely. I think, I think um, now, especially looking into the environmental concerns of things with the optic and I guess I took a, when I, when I took intro bio last year, I learned a lot about um, the ecology and how human um, interactions are affecting our environments, but also affecting um, our own human health. And I think that's a super innovative way to look at these types of situations. Um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about some of, I guess, specific uses of data science within public health that you've seen that have, I guess, made an impact directly within the community. Like something that we talked about during lecture, I remember was the opioid um, crisis and how looking at big, looking at the data and look, understanding how um, the different trends within the different boroughs of New York made a difference and how that kind of played a part in understanding the different policies and action items that we could, that other policymakers and professionals outlined. What are, what is maybe like one example that you could think of that had something like a, like a go-through impact in terms of how data science impacted the way that 
professionals viewed certain epidemics or crises or issues at hand? Um, great. Yeah. And another great question. I, um, so at its heart, um, uh, epidemiology really has, you know, um, very much been driven by data. Now, um, you know, years ago, that would be everything from like just looking at a spot map, for example, and tracing um, cases and, and then um, uh, what happened with the spread of disease like that. Now, those sorts of things are, are still done very much um, with programs that do this kind of interactive mapping. Um, we'll be doing mapping in a few weeks in class. Um, and, you know, more and more um, uh, uh, what's been shown um, over time is just how important uh, mapping is to understanding public health, whether that's from infectious disease, which certainly um, it's critical for, um, and some of my colleagues have been behind those New York City maps of COVID, um, particularly a, a close colleague, Wan Yang, has developed um, a whole lot of modeling um, to understand the spread of COVID based on um, population density in neighborhoods, but chronic diseases too very much map to neighborhood. Um, so the importance of neighborhood um, really um, is critical for um, for understanding um, many different diseases all throughout life. And that has uh, become more and more apparent as um, you know, the data get collected on a much broader scale um, around very diverse communities uh, you know, around New York City, around the country, around the globe. So um, yeah, the ability to, to make these kind of connections um, really has come through the availability of these public data sets. Definitely, yeah, I think, I think that's, a really, really great point. And kind of going off of that, um, I was wondering, looking to the future now with data science and AI, machine learning becoming ever more changing and ever more, I guess, evolving techniques and technologies, which can be widely applied within several fields, medicine and um, global health being one of them. What do you, What would you think are maybe some future applications that you can see of data science impacting the way that we look at public health and we look at the data that we are given within maybe a certain area or a certain issue or a certain uh, public health um, dilemma that we that we would be facing? Um, yeah, no, I think that's a, a um, fantastic question. I am very much uh, I'm optimistic that the more and more people um, who um, are exposed to um, the data and have data publicly available and have discussions about data and look at um, how the data were collected and the pros and cons of data, I very much feel that that can help um, uh, move public health forward. So um, in particular, one of the major areas in the past that I think has stymied public health has been sometimes in the way we communicate findings. Um, you know, in the past, um, it was more common to have kind of what they call this hierarchical deficit model, where, you know, the public health um, rules and, and uh, recommendations are given from up high down to the community. The reality is that for public health and for community health, um, we need to engage much more in a dialogue model where all the stakeholders are involved in discussing what's relevant, what research should be done in the community, and where everyone has access to the data and, and um, is um, uh, empowered to use the data to understand ways to improve health. So I very much think that the more we can engage people 
with the data and, and um, have, uh, you know, very transparent um, uh, ways of, of um, uh, making that data available to everyone and collecting the data um, uh, in a very bi-directional way so that all parties are part of the whole process, the more and more whatever data that get um, evaluated and um, analyzed, then the, that will be more impactful than, than to start without that kind of conversation from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think, I think I'm personally, as a computational bio major, I'm really, really excited to see where the field goes in the next 10, 15, 20 years um, and how it, how it grows over time and how the way we look at and how we approach a lot of these situations change, I guess, given the pandemic and given like everything um, that happened in the past two years, it, it's really important to kind of look at, I guess, that dialogue-based um, conversations with all the stakeholders involved is something that I think everyone is now personally aware of because of how the policies, the masking policies and how that may be affected by public health data and how people need to, like how vaccines and how all these different things, like different factors all kind of come together in this, in this very intersecting, um, intersecting manner. Um, I think my next question to you would be that, I guess, kind of taking it back a couple steps, how do you think that data science has helped or could have maybe helped more um, to understand the pandemic and understand COVID-19, something that I guess has been an, an awakening for many people in terms of understanding the public health realm? Um, yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. I, I think that um, uh, data science has been critical um, uh, at every stage of the pandemic. And the models were critical in terms of informing policies, um, particularly um, in New York City, um, in terms of, uh, um, you know, our, even within Columbia, our own institution, institutional policies, all of those were data-driven. Um, I do think that, um, you know, data science and health communication are, um, are tied together very closely. And so, and, and, are, both need to be grounded in, you know, science education. So I think um, uh, making uh, data science methods and data science um, kinds of uh, uh, making it more accessible to everyone um, at every level. Um, and uh, that um, the more and more we do that, I think um, uh, the better we can be be in terms of coming to some sort of agreement um, rather than um, having data science be this mysterious thing that is thought to be, you know, only one thing. And, and it's really applied to every field that, 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 um, that we have. And that's why we, we, we believe designing kind of um, the course around an application, which is doing, you know, a, a New York City Department of, uh, of Health data brief would make people interested in learning our programming who might never be interested in learning programming for just learning programming's sake. So um, I do think the more we make um, any of these kinds of methods accessible so that people can use them, you know, and um, apply them within their own setting so that they will then be at the table when these policy decisions are being made, I think that will help a lot.
definitely yeah I think I think that's that's a great point and um I guess wrapping it up now with my last question to you would be what would your advice be for students who are looking to get involved in in this field of um data science and public health and to get their to get get on better understanding of how computational methods and um statistical analyses can be increasingly used to analyze global health issues, what would your advice to those students be in terms of um, what they should maybe do or what resources they should maybe take advantage of or how they should maybe approach um, these types of, I guess, issues? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think there are many pathways um, to uh, improving health. I don't think it just has to be quantitative science and there's so much important um, uh, important work that's being done in qualitative science too. Um, it's more to know enough that you can be part of the conversation. Most science, the best science is always interdisciplinary with large teams of people, because that's where you get the most large uh, teams, but large diverse teams, diverse in terms of life experience, diverse in terms of discipline. The more you can get, um, people around the table that are different from one another, the better whatever kind of uh, health policy or risk algorithm you, you develop and try to validate, the more generalizable and more impactful it will be. So I think if people are interested in public health, um, well, certainly on, on either the Barnard or Columbia campus, there's lots of opportunities. Um, we have um, uh, not only just multiple schools of public health within New York City, but we have the oldest and largest Department of, uh, of Health in the nation. Um, so there's a lot of opportunities right here in New York. Um, and then, you know, again, I think um, the value of always being a student, I know that might not sound fun for me for being a student right now, but like, I, I do feel like that's where, um, uh, you know, a data science and methods will always evolve. But if you feel kind of grounded in the principles of, of quantitative science and statistics and other kinds of principles, then, uh, you know, however it evolves and the data sources, you'll be in a good place to, you know, critique things in a very analytical way. Definitely. I think, I think that's a, that's a great point that you bring up that people can get involved in both the quantitative and the qualitative methods and just learning about the opportunities available here at Barnard and at Columbia within both of the camps campuses. And I think um, that's all from me. And thank you so much, uh, Mary Beth, for taking the time to interview. Um, it's been a great pleasure talking to you and learning more about the intersectionality of data science and public health and how its applications, whether it be future or present or in the past with the pandemic involved, involved i think it's been a great opportunity to learn more and for our listeners as well thanks for tuning in to this installment of what is global health we hope you enjoyed and as always be on the lookout for new episodes every other week 